right. We're back. <laughs> I'm going to do the post show like this. All right, Alex Jones. <laughs> so you were like asking me, guess how old Alex Jones is? Mm-hmm. And I have so little exposure to Alex Jones. No idea. I w- said he could be as young as 32. From what I know? Yeah. yeah. And as old as 70. I don't know. Not a really tight window. What did you guess? I think I guessed some absurd, stupid range, didn't I? You guessed some... I'm pretty sure I just guessed some dumb range. Yeah, but the, so the number Eight is... 80. Yeah, he's 41. Okay. He's basically a year older than us. And you're jealous that he's made more of his life than we no, have? No, I'm looking at him and I'm saying he looks like he's 60. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what he looks like. Well, take a look. Did he live a hard life? He definitely is constantly... Uh, oh. <laughs> well, he looks like he looks like a paranoid freak job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're creeping into this look, you know, so <laughs> that's the thing. True, true. You know, yeah, it's, I, I uh, shouldn't, yeah, I shouldn't, uh, you know, we don't look fresh faced anymore. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> so, you know, you got to check your, you got to adjust your self image and yeah. So like the tiny picture, but now he looks bigger. He looks like a peer. Sure. You think so? I, I, it was very funny because I was in on a drive home from uh, or dr- driving back from Tucson to uh, um, to the airport, and I was with some, some coworkers and and uh, and I mentioned that I was you know the big big forties this year, and they were like, "What? You're forty? I was like, "I thought I looked pretty much forty. <laughs> I was surprised they thought I was much younger. <laughs> I I don't understand that because I, I I looked at myself and I think, yeah, <laughs> maybe not right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's uh Yeah, it we I think we're getting to, you know, maybe this is why this is over the hill or something, which is also boggles my mind. Like I remember my dad's 40th birthday party and, and it was just well, such a bunch of old people and <laughs> Um I think maybe some of it maybe we we are more in a culture where we're more willing to embrace the the youthfulness of, of I think that's other. a big yeah. part of it. I mean, it's not like when video games came out, my dad was jumping on video right. games, yeah. right? Where it's not like we're not jumping on. I mean, there's probably some things we're not jumping on. I, mean, I don't do Snapchat, but yeah, lots no, of other I mean, new yeah. technologies. So I, look, I I hang <laughs> in. Um, I hang out with people who are much younger than I am. Uh, Nick is a good example, right? He's in his early 20s. Um, so, I mean, it's... I'm not, I don't feel like there has to be this separation between us. I'm not, mm-hmm. like, hanging out with the 16-year-olds or anything. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm not... I don't feel like there's that much of a definition between me and 20-year-olds. Of, or, you know, 25-year-olds. Other than... Okay, there's 15 years of difference. There's a little bit of a cultural difference, but we're basically into the same things. 
So I don't see why we have to have this demarcation of our ages. It's it's just a I mean ages is 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 it's a it's a construct as much as anything else. It's not necessarily an artificial construct, but the the yearly ages is an artificial construct. But the fact that we're older isn't. Yeah, well, calling Nick a uh, typical whatever the age he is now. I remember when Nick was on the show at like twenty one years old, right? Not typical twenty one. Yeah, sure. So sure. I mean, he's <laughs> he's well. I mean, he's he's kind of. He's got. Uh, he thinks a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is something. So, so that's why we're in the same social circle. Not because, uh, not necessarily because we're into the same things. I and mean, we were not. Um, we are. We they certainly cross in certain, certain things. But I mean, he's way into jazz and stuff like that. And, and I was just over South the other day, and he was playing jazz, and I was like, I, I can't listen to that. It, it, <laughs> the stuff he was listening to was like, it just makes me anxious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You should hear like <laughs> it takes a uh, takes a it, uh, education to yeah absolutely it. absolutely and that and I was you know I remarked about that I said you know this is I can totally respect the people playing this I can totally respect that they're that they're very very skilled I can't hear it at all um other than you know I can hear their skill I cannot appreciate it i do not have enough in me to appreciate that i don't have the education to appreciate that i don't know whether i have the ear for it uh and you know that's fine i don't have the appreciate i I don't appreciate uh lots of things that i know are good that i can't get into Mm -hmm. so uh, i'm you know i'm not trying to disparage any of these things that people think are good Uh, i just like we all have our biases, and I recognize my bias in this area. Okay. Um, what do I want to talk about? You Dang. wanted to talk about where's Ray? Where's Ray? Yeah, the, whole, the whole Hasbro no, or not just Hasbro, but like no Ray toys and like the Millennium Falcon. Oh, I'm so done game. with Star Wars. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm so done with Star Wars. I mean, do we have to be talking about it now? No, we don't. <laughs> okay, good. So I watched live TV last night for like the first time in months. Oh my god, is it awful? Yeah, especially sporting events. Yeah. Oh my god, you forget how painful live TV is. Don't you watch hockey? I occasionally, but not as much as I used to. Mm. Um, I hear you. I hear you because I mean I I sort of stepped away from baseball and all that stuff. It just happens. There was a moment on the Steeler game last night where they came back from commercial and the power went out in the announcers' booth, so all there was was stadium fill sound. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I would pay money. I would pay a subscription to watch a high def game without the announcers babbling. I'm kind of surprised that they don't offer that. You know, I mean. They probably think you could just turn down the sound, but the stadium noise is yeah. so good. Yeah. I mean, I think that with the amount of options that are available now, I'm kind of surprised that that isn't an option you can you can make, which I just want to watch the stuff without having the, the color. My guess is that they probably have looked into it and said, well, people don't watch for as long. Yeah. It'd almost be nice if, like, 
maybe they're you know like you know how they used to have like maybe they still have like SAP separate audio programming where you yeah. get the Spanish or you know turn on a SAP channel where it's just stadium fill because you really get the I mean the thing is football is a game where TV really helps being like if you're at a hockey game if you're at a baseball game you f- you feel a visceral thing whereas if you're at a football game it just feels like you're you're really disconnected because TV is the way to watch football. TV is not the way to watch baseball. I imagine TV is not the way to watch hockey. I haven't watched much hockey on, on TV. Yeah, it's now that there's high def, high def probably helped TV or high def probably helped hockey mm. more than most sports because the tiny little black puck right, right. sliding around. Remember when Fox came up with Fox tracks, right? Sure, sure. That was because they felt that, well, they focus group that people couldn't follow the puck. Mm-hmm. Uh, high def was a better solution to it. Yes. Uh, you know, so that doesn't watch as long. I get what you're saying, but there's also the potential counter to it, which is if there's no announcer babbling, you have to pay attention to follow along, right? So they're going to be watching Well, that's closely. exactly why they don't think you would follow along. Yeah, because... yeah. But the people that are following along, you can put up like on-screen ads and they're like, they're going to soak them in because and, they're looking uh, at the TV to see what's going on. If you on. put up on-screen ads, people are going to be annoyed as hell. So. <laughs> but as long like... as you pay for the service, it is then, then who cares? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, I would say that you'd have to pay for it. But I, I, if I were offering options, I would offer an option just crowd noise. Yeah. And, well, they mic the field too, right? Yeah. So you hear the catches, you hear mm-hmm. the hits. It, it was, it was only for about a. It's less than a minute before, like the studio guy was like trying to like cover while the booth uh-huh. was getting back online. But it was, it was nice, and. Uh, so there was that. Did you see the uh, one Steelers touchdown catch? Yeah, the one where I he, saw you, the one you linked. Yeah, yeah, the the, the people calling it the butt catch because um, it was behind his leg. Uh-huh. You know and that he was able to. So like they're talking about it where uh, where I see this, I, I saw it after the show. They were talking about where like you know if he had fallen forward. Instead of jumped and done a somersault, you know, he probably wouldn't have not kept control of the ball, like kept it from moving in relationship to his body. But have like he somehow knew that if he jumped and did a flip, he had better chance of making the catch. It was insanity. <laughs> um, other than that, the game was a complete shit show. That's what I, 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 I saw that they were up like. Six or ten, even in, in the third quarter, I had to stop watching. Uh, and then I woke up next day, and, and it was apparently they won in like the last uh, minute. Well, yeah. So they they made a play, and there was an interception because the backup quarterback was in. And it it was one of those games where you know if you look at it objectively, like they could really lose this game. And they were going to lose that game until Cincinnati, until that perfect guy uh, basically handed it back to him, came in with an illegal hit, gave them like probably like 45 yards and a first down, put him inside field goal range. Wow. So the, there's, there's like 28 seconds to go. They're like, they need to get like another 
30 yards to be in field goal range. Ben's out there injured. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is just maintain their composure and they're going to shut this shit down. And they come in with this illegal hit and give them 15 yards past the point of the penalty in a first down. So the Steelers cannot kick a field goal. The um, Bengals get one play and time runs out. <laughs> Amazing. The um, it was funny. I saw a funny. So when they got the uh, interception touched, or they got an interception that kind of shut the game down, like like practically ended the game. And these you know these showboating Cincinnati guys, they ran the ball like into the locker room. Like four guys ran into the locker room. <laughs> like they they, they were running the wrong way down the field. It's not key. So he was down at interception, and then he took off running towards. Their own, like the Steelers, or their own goal line, right? And um, so if he wasn't down, he would have scored a touchdown for the Steelers. And they ran through the end zone and up the ramp into the locker room. And like four guys went. And one of those guys was the guy that had the penalty at the end of the game. So if he would have stayed in the locker room, mm-hmm. <laughs> they might have won the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. The, the other news going on. $600 VR. I don't know if you saw about the Oculus. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. $600. That's a little What did high. you think it was going to be? About three or 400 That was sort okay. of the implication that was coming out. That was sort of the, the thought. And like maybe 500 for a ceiling. Uh, and then 600 It's like, what? Okay. It seemed uh, okay. To, I mean, I wasn't following it. But when I saw it was 600 like okay, yeah. I was thinking about buying it, and then when six hundred came, I thought, "How's it different wait. from the dev kit that you have access to?" Uh, I, as far as I know, the dev kit is about two fifty. It's a lot lower resolution. Oh, is kit. it okay? Yeah, considerably lower resolution. Um, so that's part of it, uh, and just, you know, the technology is better in in, in the main version, but and it's heavier. I'm sure the dev kit is heavier than what the main version turned out to be. Okay. But still, six hundred dollars is a lot, uh, and you don't feel like that. I mean, six hundred dollars is so much that we subsidize our phones, so we don't have to pay that much. And everybody has a phone, but it's the price of a you know four K TV. It's it's, it's less. Than no the one has a four K TV. Sure, people buy four K. Yeah, some people, but I mean, like, no one like in the sense that no uh, one, no one's buying them. Yeah. Not I yet, mean, but uh, I mean, okay. So, but uh, I'm saying, you know, if you want the everybody goes there, it's too crowded. Nobody goes there, it's too crowded. <laughs> Yogi top, Berra. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, I'm just thinking, like, you know, top of the line. Up until recently, if you wanted a 30 inch monitor, you're gonna pay five, six hundred dollars. Well, yeah, but you were paying five, six hundred, six thousand dollars, so people weren't buying. Once then it flooded the market, the prices got much cheaper. I'm just saying that yeah. the. You're not going to have a major amount of adapt of adoption of this technology at six hundred bucks. Did they sell out their initial launch? Do you they know? sure. Oh yeah, sure, sure. But their initial launch is not huge. It's not like an iPhone where <laughs> right, right. Uh, selling out is, is something. Um, I may be going to San Francisco in March. Nice. Looks like I might be going. Um, we'll see if if it gets approved. But uh, there's a there's a conference um, on. 
is at the O'Reilly Fluid Conference, which is all about um, JavaScript and stuff like that. And most of our new platform is coming through, coming from Dev. Is going to be a lot. There's a lot of JavaScript stuff, a lot of uh, Node.js stuff, and prototype and things like that going mm-hmm. on. So awesome. I want to get a handle on on what's going on there. Um, so I want to go to one of those conferences. Nice. It looks like a really cool conference. It's gonna be fun. Gotta get. I gotta have an eye out. I will. I will be bringing a suitcase. I probably. Will, I will certainly try to bring beer bat beers back from there. Um, you um, if you you know if you're, like if you fly like Southwest and take two bags or whatnot, you know take a like a twelve bottle shipper out. And just, <laughs> then it's easier to pass ship back. Um, maybe who knows? So that that's coming up. Uh, yeah, so San Francisco in March. The next in, in April, uh, I think I will. I'm, I'm certainly will be in down Tucson for the summit. I, I think I'll be giving a presentation. Oh, cool! A sort of developer look into our product. Um, and it hasn't been approved yet, but I, I said I would really like to give a presentation. It'd be fun. Nice. So that would be cool. And then there's, I, don't know, I mean, I don't know. I probably will go. Somewhere on a training thing one time during the year. And who knows? And then uh, I'm missing Saber for the first time this year. Yes, yes. Jeff will not be at Saber. Uh, Nick has agreed to come. Nick will be joining me at Saber, assuming, I don't know, you haven't sent the mail yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we still got to get it set up. But uh, <laughs> since I'm coaching soccer, it just, kids are only young once. Sure. I, I, I got I it. I get it. And particularly, and you, you know, You'll probably be going to save it next year. Yeah, I'm probably not coaching next year. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I just, you know, it just I something I had to do. Didn't want to miss Soccer Fest, which is the big end of the season, like festival. Uh, being head coach, and um, yeah, it is what it is. So I'm glad Greg's able to cover for me and uh, keep doing what we do. Yeah. So, do you want to do this little thing that I was talking about? This, why are what are atheists stealing from God? Do you want to? What are atheists stealing from God? Yes, this is a, it's a the one minute oh. apology. It's only about three minutes okay. long. Well, I can tell you what he thinks we're stealing, and that's the ability to live here on a, such a garden planet. Oh and no, everything you got it, he provides. You got it totally wrong. No, okay. You contend that atheists are stealing from God. What exactly are they stealing? They're stealing from God to make their case. The book goes through an acronym, CRIMES. The C- okay, so there's, there's an acronym, CRIMES. Acronym was, were bigger back in, you know, the Bible time? No, no, no. Oh. No, this is this is an apologist. He's, he's going through, he has a book, What uh, Are Atheists Stealing From Doug? And he has, God, a dog. <laughs> he's stealing from God. And he has an acronym, CRIMES. So it's a whole thing. Oh, Okay. Easy right. to remember when he's... Yes. D stands for causality. Bob. So we're stealing causality from God, I've heard. Why is there cause and effect? Why is the universe so orderly if there is no God? If there is no- <laughs> Why is the universe so orderly if there is no God? Okay, so he's taking the the observable idea that there is cause and effect and saying that there has to be a god for there to be cause and effect are these all this going to be this easy yes <laughs> oh okay yeah. 
Uh, I don't understand. I I don't understand how God. Ex- I I think there's actually a good question buried in here. Well, this is. I mean, it's. This is very typical of that story I was reading earlier, where I wish I could remember where I saw it, but you know, it's basically these lists get put together. Mm-hmm. And then they get circulated, right? It's like, you know, fodder for, you know, argue an atheist type thing, right? Yes. You know, and, and the groups circulate them. And so this guy wrote a book, right? So not only did he just make a list, he made a list that he can sell in a book. And um, it, it can just inverse the thing, right? Why does Why is God a prerequisite for causality? Let's let them finish seeing, then we'll go over this. No mind out there that orders all this. Why are the natural laws and forces so precise and consistent? Because there's a mind behind them. So when okay, so he he immediately comes up with an answer to the question that doesn't make sense. But so he's asking, why is there order to the universe? Why why is there consistency to what we see in the universe? And I, I do think this is a fundamental problem with his reasoning. He, the consistency, the reason why there's a consistency is because we are aware of it. In other words, if there wasn't a consistency, there, it wouldn't be remarked upon. So it's it's kind of um, it's kind of a tautology, tautology in a sense. It's like there's a consistency because there's a consistency. Uh, I, I think there is interesting question that's buried in here. Like I said, um, why are I don't know how to exactly to phrase it, but I don't think that the answer that there is a mind <laughs> doesn't get any closer to a solution to the ultimate question that the, that is the ultimate philosophical question: Why are things orderly? There is a mind that makes orderly doesn't solve anything, particularly since you can't show that it's true or that a mind has any effect on these things. You're just sort of assuming something and saying that's the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I mean, that's that's the root of all yes. deism, right? I don't understand that someone smarter must be up there pulling the strings. I, well, I mean, the root of, of the philosophical question should be, I mean, the answer that we have is, I don't know. But his answer is, well, I don't know, is it good enough? You have to come up with something. And I say, no. You don't just, okay, you can come up with something, but that doesn't mean what you came up with is accurate. It's either right, unprovable, or wrong. Right. <laughs> and if you have no and way, getting of- a, you know, like there's only one right answer. There is infinite number of unprovable and wrong answers. Sure. <laughs> and if you can't show which one is right versus which one is unprovable, well, I mean, it makes no difference. What it makes no difference what you say is the answer, because if you can't show that you're right. Then you're it's as good as being wrong, well, but his answer is unprovable. And exactly, I mean, if even from his point of view, it's if you came up with e equals mc squared before we knew e equals mc squared, then doesn't mean anything until you can show it to be true. Mm-hmm. You could come up with some, you know, some some ridiculous thing, and until you can show it to be true, it, it's as good as as being false. It's as good as being complete speculation because. Okay, so you came up with something that doesn't mean anything until it has some it, until you can predict something with it until you can show some consequence that wouldn't otherwise be the case from this. 
Atheists, ironically, are using cause and effect to try and disprove God. They're actually stealing from God to argue against them. The R is reason. Okay, so this sells is the books. R. Reason. Stealing from God sells books. Reason is the R. And they're saying they're the reasonable ones, Bobby, but if their worldview is true, if they're just molecules in motion and we're just molecules in motion, there is no immaterial realm, how does reason exist? It doesn't. We're just reacting. We're not reasoning. We're nothing but moist robots. So ironically, atheists who claim to be beacons of reason have made reason impossible by their worldview of materialism. Uh, I... No. He... No. My, my brain is, is wants to beat itself out of its head. Yeah, I, I do think that you can you can boil down our position to a silly phrase like moist robots i i think that makes sense <laughs> uh but that doesn't mean that our ability to reason is lost i don't find that reason has to do with us being robots you know or well, he's, he's like kind those... of mixing in predeterminism right yeah i i think that's sort of what he's saying um that we can't have reason if there's a predetermined... Okay, so here's here's the issue with that, is we have a very good idea that deterministic things follow through on the scales that we're used to. On the meter scale, and most a lot of below and a lot of above. When you get into realms that we don't have a good understanding of, the the quantum below the the quantum realm at the quantum realm and below and at the huge huge realm we start to lose our focus start to lose our ability to understand these things because we just don't have a good enough theory to to, to back this up we don't have the predictive power to understand these uh, theories other than just kind of randomness that we can't really explain. Uh, that affects our ability to understand these, to, to contemplate what happens at these extreme realms from us. That doesn't mean that, that determinism, that, that a overriding determinism is necessarily false or true. It just means that it really, we, the deterministic world actually totally does work in a lot of, in a lot of what we experience. I mean, I. I mean, if you look at it this way. I mean, I was talking. Maybe we're talking about different things, or I just don't understand. Well, okay, so how you're using it this it, way. So uh, what I'm talking about is all right. So he was saying we're just molecules in motion. Was was the way you put it, right? Uh, that, that we we call ourselves <laughs> molecules in motion, but he thinks we're not, right? He thinks that there's uh, some mind behind us all. We can predict what a bunch of molecules in motion will do in general. This is basically, uh, I mean, essentially boils down to thermodynamics. Mm -hmm. um, but we can't predict what an, individual what an individual molecule will do. We can't. We can say that the aggregate is likely to flow in this direction. In fact, once you impose this pressure on them, then there's, there's a essential certainty that they're going to flow in this direction, the aggregate. But if you zoom in on one molecule, you have no idea 
even if there's an aggregate going. You have no mm-hmm. idea where it's going to go. Sure. And that's what I'm talking about. Is okay. that uh, so? I, I mean, I was mentioning the you know the free will predeterminism type mm-hmm. thing, but maybe that wasn't what he was talking about. That's what I heard when I first played it. Yeah. But maybe he's talking more about what you're talking about the, um, you know, just the biology part of it, right. the, the not the consciousness part of it or whatnot. Uh, I don't know. I, have to hear I it think again. he gets there. Do you want to go back and listen to that again? Yeah, kind of. All right. Just make sure I heard what yeah. They're actually stealing from God to argue against them. The R is reason. And they're saying they're the reasonable ones, Bobby. But if their worldview is true, if they're just molecules in motion and we're just molecules in motion, there is no immaterial realm, how does reason exist? It doesn't. How does reason exist if there's no immaterial realm? Well, I don't understand exactly what he means by immaterial realm. Um, we only know of one realm, and okay. that involves okay. so material this, that time I heard it, I, That time I heard it, I didn't hear uh, consciousness predeterminism. What I heard there was molecules in motion, right? Uh, thermodynamics. It seems like he's stopping pretty early because once you have system, you know, molecules in a biological system... It seems to be where life comes from, yeah. consciousness, reason. Let's continue here. We're just reacting. We're not reasoning. We're nothing but moist robots. We're robots. just reacting. We're not reasoning. So that's where the, the predeterminism oh, is. Right, right. We're just that's, reacting. Okay, right. We're not reasoning. Um I, that, That's what I heard. Okay, yeah, yeah when you said yeah. that the first time, that's yeah. what I heard, right? Yeah. Because... You, if you're not reasoning, you're reacting, then I heard that as, you know, lack of free will, predeterminism. Um, I, but I think that there's... That's, a, that's not really an the, atheistic No, the, evidence, the evidence shows this to be the case, that mostly people do just react, and the reasoning happens mm-hmm. on small, on, on very, very small scales. Uh, but you, and yet, individual people, just like individual molecules, can go any particular direction. You can't predict which way an individual person is going to go, but you can predict what an aggregate is going to do. Okay. The same way you can predict what an individual, you can't predict what an individual person is going to do, but you can predict what a thousand people are going to do with reasonable accuracy. You can certainly predict what a hundred thousand people are going to do with much more accuracy. That's what polling is all about. Okay. You would disagree? I... My point got lost in there somewhere, so let's just go. All right. So, ironically, atheists who claim to be beacons of reason have made reason impossible. Okay, I don't claim to be a beacon of reason. (laughs) But anyway. Sells books. By their worldview of materialism. The I stands for information and intentionality. Okay, information and intentionality. This is a twofer? I can't, apparently, yeah. It's I-I. Information and intentionality. Information is the idea that there is a message, and when there's a message, it always comes from a mind. Okay, this is... Wait, what? Information says that there is a message, and a message always comes from a mind. This is a complete misunderstanding of information. Information is, at its 
broadest interpretation, uh, a a kind of a blueprint, kind of a uh, a way of structuring something, a way of of telling other things how to structure themselves. Uh, so you're looking at stuff like DNA, for example, which I'm pretty sure he brings up. DNA is simply it's it's a way of telling things how to structure. Doesn't need a mind for this to do this at all. This can happen in crystallization, tells things how to structure themselves. Uh, re- receiving energy is some sense telling things how to structure. Uh, and it, but the telling thing is a metaphor. It's not. There's not nothing actually telling something else. Uh, there's an exchange. I mean, when we get down to the, the very bit of quantum mechanics, what quantum mechanics seems to be about is information. There's an exchange of information going on when there is uh, these um, you know, fo- bosons, gauge bosons, or, or exchanges of information between particles, uh, between fields. Uh, they're modeled that way because that's the way we understand it. But that that's just, it's a, it's a really broad spectrum of things, and there's not any intentionality behind this information in that sense. It's not information... You, you can go a lot further, too, right? I mean, plants receive information. Mm-hmm. He's not arguing plants have minds, is he? I, I, like I say, crystals receive information, right? Information is simply how to structure yourself... Uh, but, right, right, right. Even if you were taking a more um, specific view of information, you could look at the plant argument. But that still requires life, as we understand it. Does. It does, right. So, so a non-life one. But, I mean, he's not talking about life. He's talking about mind. Yeah, he's talking about minds. I, I'm just, I'm trying to even get it, you know, yeah, di- no. dis- divorce yeah. it from life you, altogether. I get your point. It might help to... I mean, information tells particles how to move. I don't disagree yeah. with you. It's, it's a further distance from... Casual definition, casual non thought about definition of information. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't. This seems to be precisely a lot of the problem with what he's talking about. Is yeah, this casual thing. It's all about the casual knee jerk thought of. So okay. Well, the greatest message that's ever been discovered is in the human genome. It's. I thought the greatest message ever been discovered been like the message of your savior or something like that. 3.5 billion letters long, Bobby. It's the longest word ever discovered. And they're saying that that message doesn't come from a mind. Oh, so you can't get complexity without. It's the longest word ever discovered. And that doesn't come from a mind. That's precisely. That's exactly how it works. Uh, it's all. I mean, because. Yeah. It, 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 that word, quote unquote, is there are many different words, many, many different words that all just sort of build a build. But but and a great example is um, uh, the word uh, flippity flop. <laughs> did, did someone design that? No, it got sort of built from generations and uh, flop and flip and flippity and all this other stuff and just sort of happened by uh, meiosis, by just stuff, you know, it's happening, yeah. occurring in culture. No one, no one, I mean, somebody that ultimately put those together and turned it into a word, but didn't come out of the blue. 
none of this came out of the blue. It's the stuff that already existed and just slowly got pruned and turned into things. So words that we understand, languages, are like that. Exactly like that. As long as you would put like a modicum of thought into it. But he wrote a book about it. This guy wrote a book about this. This is a three-minute thing. I can't imagine the book. It's probably a fucking... Um, ponderous piece of shit. <laughs> anyway. That that information doesn't come from a mind? How so? They write books filled with information. Claiming that information doesn't have to come from a mind. I want... <laughs> Meanwhile, the other guy's like sitting there not moving at all. Like, yeah. Shh. Yeah. He doesn't even believe this shit. <laughs> I don't know. This is, a, this is nearly a 700th uh, one minute thing. I'm sure he's just like, yeah, bring it on. I wonder why I should understand their books or yeah. take their books then if information doesn't come from mine. Intentionality has to do with the idea that the world is goal directed. Why does an acorn always become an oak tree? Why? <sighs> this is. You know the DNA you mentioned? Yeah. The reason why. It, it, oh, it, <laughs> oh my God. Why does an acorn always become an oak tree? Because the oh god, the the acorn is only loaded with the amount of information to make it into an oak tree. It doesn't know how to make a Ferrari Testarossa. Exactly. Now it can make various versions of oak trees that may eventually turn into fir trees or something new, right? Ultimately, uh, and indeed, other things can happen. You can strike an acorn with uh, a bunch of radiation to totally kill it, and it will turn into a decomposing pile of stuff. Right? And the acorn doesn't necessarily have to turn into an oak tree. Acorn can be eaten and turned to food, right? I mean, acorn can turn to lots of things. Uh, it can turn to a, a garden for fungus. Uh, but in general, if you were to plant it and give it the right conditions, it will turn into an oak tree. As long as you provide it with the right conditions, which is, yeah. Why doesn't it become an elm tree or a starfish or a seahorse? Because it's goal-directed to become an oak tree. It's goal-directed. Like, it, that's its goal? It's a seed. It has DNA. It yeah. has information on how to do a particular... How come my skin doesn't grow new organs? This is goal-directed to be skin. It's goal-directed to be skin. Why do the planets go around the sun? <laughs> Why don't they become The planets trees? are goal-directed? The planets are falling. They're, they're falling. Uh, and They're really bad at falling. They keep <laughs> missing what they're falling towards. They're in. The, if they had a goal, they would hit the sun, but they keep missing. Yeah, in such an orderly way because they're goal directed to. You say, well, Frank, that's because of gravity. Yeah, but why is gravity doing what it does? If you if you want to know, it's going to take a little bit more learning than you put into anything yeah. ever in your life. But we actually know, we actually have a really good answer to that. We don't have an answer to everything about gravity. We have a really, really good answer that works really, really well. And it's really well defined. None of what you're talking about here is well defined. It's just this, this nebulous other that happens to do all these things. 
And that doesn't explain a thing. You go back far enough, you're ultimately going to arrive at an uncaused, first cause, sustaining creator who holds all this together. That is a ridiculous presumption. If you go all the way back, as far as we can go in our light code, then you are... Well, no, he, he's not restricted to fucking light cones. You, you are dealt with a situation we don't understand. That doesn't mean that it's an all-powerful creator that is... All-caused, un, or... Yeah. Uncaused. Uncaused? Yeah. The M stands for morality, and quite frankly, there can't be any objective right or wrong unless God exists. This we've, is we've covered this. We've one covered in, this, but, but this still bugs me in the sense it, that it bugs me. It it bugs me more than any other argument, right? That if you're not God fearing, you're not a serial killer. Well, even worse than that is God existing doesn't give us objective morality. It simply gives us subjective morality from, from the view of a God, as opposed to subjective morality from the view of ourselves. There's nothing objective about the idea that God prescribes a reality on a morality onto the universe. There's nothing objective about that at all. Right. Could be a very <laughs> God could be the uh oh what's his name? The the bad kid next door in Toy Story, <laughs> yeah. right? If God is by definition moral, then you're simply saying that 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 God has this particular morality. But that's subjective as far as God is concerned, because God could choose another morality, and that would be moral. Oh, his God's a pretty nice guy. Oh, good. So when atheists are saying that they have certain moral rights, they're actually stealing from God to say that he doesn't exist, or while they're saying he doesn't exist. The East uh... stands for evil. They're saying there's too much evil in the world. Well, there can't be evil unless there's good, and there can't be good unless God exists. Not an Okay. These are the shallowest yeah. arguments yeah. ever. That's why I wonder. <laughs> there can't be good unless there there can't be evil unless there's good. I kind of agree with that in the sense that yeah, I mean you have to have something to, to compare it against. Mm-hmm. So sure. All right. But there can't be good unless there's a god. What? Objective well, sense it's, anyway. It's, it's exactly in an objective sense anyway. But again, the same problem applies. You can't yeah, just because no God is good doesn't mean that that's you know that that's any more objective than any other thing. Uh, yeah, those two things, the morality and and this right, bug me the most. Yeah, because. Oh, I know we've covered it. In, I gotta say it. You know, we've covered a hundred times. We are social beings. Mm-hmm. We thrive in a community. We don't want to be looking over our shoulder twenty four seven for the axe murderer, because then we don't thrive. Exactly. It it really isn't that hard. Is the real problem? It's like it. It really doesn't take that much to sort of realize this. And our morals yeah. are based on this thriving in a community. Yeah. Because it's a successful strategy. We're not saying this because we think it's it's smart for us to say. So we're saying this because we think it's it's fucking obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a successful strategy yeah. for the species. Mm-hmm. 
That's why the morals came after that to to in uh, to codify this strategy. Yeah. Good and evil is came before morals to codify the strategy. It's just it, it's. It, and it's innate. There's just these things because we are social creatures. There's nothing magical about morality. It simply is what we do. Most people will tend to be moral because they tend to be on a, they tend to, to, to fit in this thing that we've evolved to fit into. And the ones who aren't are defective. They are discarded by society. Right. They're, they're in the term of the, um, happy society the effective strategy they're a defect right i mean mm-hmm. they're they don't fit there so um yeah okay so when atheists are complaining about evil they're actually proving god exists because god by definition is the ultimate standard of good so they're <laughs> nice that you can have a little oh. definition there stealing from God in order to argue against him. And finally, the S is science. The atheists are saying, well, we're the champions of science. Science is impossible if atheism is true. Why? Because if... Yeah, why? (laughs) 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 Materialistic atheism is true, and we're just moist robots, then we can't really know anything about the real world. We can't depend on the cause and effect nature of reality. Because there is no mind behind it. We have no warrant to believe anything we learned from science of atheism is true. You know what makes science possible? God. So when they're... <laughs> yeah. All right, that's enough. Well, or, well, that goes back to the first one, right? Or what was the... Yeah, cause and effect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, A lot of these are repeating the same what? thing over. The universe yeah. is predictable yeah. and testable. And uh, that's that's cause and effect, reason, information, and uh, intentionality, morality, evil, and science. That's what crime stands for. So we have, um, so C and S are essentially the same, right? mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, morality and evil are essentially the same, yep, right? Uh, reason and information, intentionality. They're no information and intentionality really aren't that they're. That's kind of seeing. It's kind of related to the science things. So, well, but they're not really that closely related. It's he a misunderstanding. Threw, he yeah. threw in an extra I just yeah. to be smarter, right? Ims. Ims. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that was so. That, oh, what was that story I saw? Because it's the same thing. It's this. It's this. Well, that was exceedingly shallow. Yes, but all the questions are like that. Where. I saw a list of questions, like the ones we covered before, and they're all reasonably answerable. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the questions in the list were more answerable than this guy's stuff, right? Yeah. And, like, yeah, it's like, and then, you know, people who can't answer one of the questions, but in generally, they're just, if you're, you know, where we are, they're answerable. And that's not because mm-hmm. we're smart. It's right. just, they're not. Stomper questions, and uh, no, I, I mean, I think like the the cause and effect one is to me the mo- the most interesting one because it gets to something that we don't quite understand about the nature of, of reality. Ultimately, 
but the other ones, they really do understand the the, the any everything from I onward. We really do have a have a saying in that. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean the the, uh-huh. the morality and the evil one are the ones that are just like the the most shallow because we've we've known this for hundreds of years. This is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are not hard questions uh, the information intentionality is a total misunderstanding of what information actually is I don't expect him to understand what information theory is but still it, I mean it's silly cause and effect one like I said there's an interesting question buried in there under all the shit but not the way he's putting it the science one is just is the same question but put in a more absurd way and the reason one uh well, I mean, we actually do understand that. So, that's not a problem. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It'd be more fun to have, like, a philosophical argument than, you know, just rebuting the lists. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sort of... <laughs> I'm kind of going by um, someone who, was, who said that uh, he liked when we tore apart certain yeah yeah it's beating a dead horse this this particular one yeah beating a dead horse hardly any new and interesting discussion Mm. came out of it he wasn't very interesting no at all yeah he was very oh so here's something i was thinking about this guy fits in with perfectly but i was thinking more of it along the politics point of view okay and like I'm this could be like it might have been never the case. I know early United States politics were pretty pretty bad too, but you think of it in a more idealistic way. But I mean it seems like one of our biggest problems is that parties that can um fix problems pain free <laughs> right? I mean, because, like, like right now, like, the Republican Party is, like, you know, all the problems we have is because of liberal policies, right? And if we just lower taxes and roll back gun control and every, everything gets better, right? And when the population, it's kind of like religion, like, like, a, like a religion type thing, right? When you latch on to the the uh, the belief system that there's a pain-free way to fix stuff, it yeah. just seems like that is it's, it's problematic. Not, it's not kind of like religion. It's the same thing. Yeah. It just, it, I, it, and, and it's I, problematic I, when, like, you know, a person who says, I prefer this economic thing yeah i want to stress this happens on both parties i want to stress this is not unique to republicans sure but i mean it's harder to think of a pain-free like taxing you know you know it's like you know because like the republicans are like everything that's like less painful i can that's our uh, distribution of a complete and total redistribution of wealth will fix all our problems no no, it won't. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, right. but no one is seriously suggesting that. But if you get to 
at least in American politics, but you could get to a period in American politics where people were seriously suggesting that. Right. But it's this whole pain three pain free. Like we have the answer mm-hmm. and it's easy. Right. Just yeah. put us in power and we'll enact it. Well, the, the funny thing is that they're not even claiming they have the answer. They're, they're, they're saying that because like no, no, or at least they're not, they kind of are claiming that they have the answer. Well, yeah, they're claiming they have the answer, but not, they're not telling us what it is. Right. They're saying, well, well, duh. that's the big Trump thing is, uh, what well, I will do the most amazing things on the president. What are you going to well, do? Sure. It's gonna and the they're, they're, they're going to be pain free. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, well, the, big, the big Trump example is he's gonna, they're going to build a wall for Mexico, and Mexico is going to pay for it. How? No, they're just going to do it. You're going to go to war with them. <laughs> You're going to have to take. Over much of their land, and then have them pay to get it back. You have to extort them. Um, that'll work. It's it's just, but it's this whole like, if you if your political belief system believes that there's a pain free answer, you yeah. know, well, it's also it, they, it's, they, it's wrong. They just it's, did this thing where they tried to repeal Obamacare for the sixty second time or something, right? They, then they only replace it with mm-hmm. just just straight up repeal. And then on on the same day, they're talking about how there's a mental health problem they need to work on. Right. And it's not we don't need gun control. We need better mental health, but not not via yeah. not yeah. via. No, but 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 government should, taxes shouldn't pay for it. Yeah, the, the government tax should pay for it, and the government shouldn't be involved in it. But they should be tracking people's mental health. But they shouldn't be tracking people. So we want better mental health instead of gun control, but we don't want to enact. Right, we don't want to be the ones enacting this better mental health. So, oh, and, and, so let's just like let's just wish for it. Speaking of the guns, the Trump proposal was he's going to get rid of gun-free zones, get rid of gun-free schools. I'm sure you love that as a as a parent of ch- children. <laughs> oh boy. Um. I don't know. So I, I just thought that was, you know, if you believe, if your political belief system has a pain-free solution, it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You need to come towards the center where it's well, chock full of compromise. Uh, like I said, politics is about compromise. If you don't accept that, if you don't accept that you're not going to get everything you want, uh, but you, but that's what politics is about. If you think that you should put people in office who will not compromise you are being so naive and so harmful to the process that uh you really shouldn't be voting but but that's you know okay take this as another step right it's proven to be a successful strategy to get elected yeah and that is maddening. Well, it's like that. It's like that apologist, right? It's the mindless shit that really bugged you. It's not the people who have arguments, even though you disagree with the arguments. At least they have arguments. Right. Th- that wasn't arguments. That was just mindless bullshit. Right. Would much rather have an interesting conversation with a reasonable conservative mm-hmm. or a reasonable faithful person absolutely than someone whose livelihood depends on pandering yeah 
to low-hanging fruit. You're exactly right. Couldn't put it better. All right, well, that's probably enough for us. On a work night, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Really do appreciate you putting up with this kind of crazy.